Welcome to the Path Less Traveled podcast. I'm Christy Klinger, and on today's adventure, we will explore social networking for learning. We'll hear about different people from different age groups and their experiences with social networking, and then explore how learning is and isn't being supported in these environments. I would like to start today by understanding some of the different social networks that are out there by using a donut analogy I saw many years ago. So here we go. Twitter, I'm eating a donut. Facebook, I like a donut. Instagram, here's a vintage photo of my donut. YouTube, watch this video to learn how to make a donut. LinkedIn, my skills involve donut eating. Pinterest, here's a donut recipe. Snapchat, here's a snap of me looking like a fox while I eat my donut. WhatsApp, a whole group of friends knows where to meet to eat donuts. What sticks out to me about that analogy is that it shows you that there is a social network out there for just about everyone. As an educator, I try to get to know people's preferred learning styles, and I realize that some people learn better by watching a video and others need to read a manual. So this week when I was reading, the one article that I read, it had a video and the mixed media really was helpful in learning more about how Twitter can be used for learning. A different article that I read, however, um, was just print, no graphics, no mixed media, and it was definitely harder to grasp. But that article did lead me to further exploration with some different people, and I'm excited to share that with everyone today. The article I read was from 2009 entitled, A Little Silly and Empty-Headed, Older Adults' Understandings of Social Networking Sites. It discussed some findings on how older adults perceive social networking. Now, I'm in my 40s, so I don't really belong to the young or old crowd. But if we think about the donut analogy I used earlier, I have accounts with all of the social networks I mentioned. However, I don't use my Twitter or Snapchat that much, but other social networking like Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, I'm on those on a daily basis, and I'm definitely learning things every day. But after reading that article, I thought it might be neat to ask different family members who are older and younger than me to share their thoughts about social networking. So I chose my 79-year-old grandmother, 63-year-old mother-in-law, and my 16-year-old son to talk about social networking and learning. I picked all these people because I have at one point in time interacted with all of them through a social networking site. My son was the only one I was able to do a full recording of the two of us talking. And as you will see in our interview, he's not that social, but at least he was willing to participate. Hi, I'm here with Christopher. He's 16 years old and going to be going into his junior year of high school. So Christopher, tell us a little bit about yourself. I play soccer and that's about it. All right, so what social networks do you currently use? Snapchat and Instagram and YouTube, if that counts. All right, and what do you like about the social networks that you use? They're simple and not hard to figure out. And is there anything you dislike about social networking in general? Not really. So are there any social networks out there that you haven't tried and maybe have considered trying or joining? Not that I can think of. Okay. Is there anything that you've learned through the use of social networking? Not really. Maybe a few small things. Like what? Like just random interesting facts. So what about your work with Minecraft or with soccer or other games that you play? Is there anything you've learned on social networking that applies to those things that you do? No. 
Okay. Anything else you'd like to share about your experiences with social networking? No. All right. Well, Christopher, thank you for your time. The next person I interviewed was my 79-year-old grandmother. I sent her the questions via Facebook Messenger since we live over three hours away from each other and uh, doing a face-to-face interview wasn't going to work out. Before I tell you what she had to say about social networking, let me tell you a little bit about her. She lives alone and she's pretty active. She's in a bowling league, she plays bingo once a week, and she still meets up once a month with um, co-workers. They go out to lunch. She has other friends that she meets up with to go shopping and dinner. Um, So she's running around all the time. And she said that she does use Facebook as a way to network with her old co-workers, um, but most of her bullying friends don't use social networks. She mentioned that she likes to use Ancestry.com and said if that's a social network. So I have to stop here for a moment and notice that both her and Christopher, my 16-year-old son, told me about something they like to use and learn from, but they weren't sure if it was a social network. So I thought that was interesting, and I'm going to revisit that idea towards the end of the podcast. So back to what my grandmother does and doesn't like about social networking. She likes that she gets to see what her friends and family are up to, but she doesn't like that some people might try to get information about you. She likes to see eagle cam videos pop up and learn about bald eagles across the United States, and she really enjoys Ancestry.com and has learned quite a bit about both her mother and father's sides of the family. She did also ask if games count as social networking because she likes to play games on her tablet, but she never interacts with people on the games and she doesn't really learn anything. So in some sense, her games probably aren't a social network, but It's still pretty cool that she does that and keeps busy that way. Next, I'll move on to my mother-in-law. So my in-laws live with us, and getting answers from my mother-in-law about social media was pretty easy, but she wasn't up for the whole recorded interview. So um, giving some background on my mother-in-law, she is retired, and her and my father-in-law live with my husband and I and our children. So they're here with us in Pennsylvania for about half the year, and then they go to Florida during the colder months and live with my sister-in-law. So they have an RV, and they like to travel, and the only social networking she does is on Facebook. She does access Facebook on her phone and her laptop computer, and what she likes about it is that she can keep up with family and friends. However, what she doesn't like is all the political stuff, and to quote her exactly, people being bitchy and negative. She has no interest in any other social networks at this time. She said she does feel like she has learned things about places she has never been before and useful DIY tips. She also uses social networking to get new recipes. But she mostly just uses websites to find information about camping sites and local events. Although those things sometimes pop up on her Facebook feed, um, she doesn't really interact with other people about those um, camping sites or local events. So... As I looked at the answers my family members were giving, some of their responses connected well with what I read. So I'm going to start with the article I mentioned earlier in the podcast that involved the mixed media. And the video that went with the article, a high school teacher named Amy Burval talks about a student-centered course she facilitates that explores how we know what we know. 
In an earlier blog post, I talked about how we don't know what we don't know, and Amy got me thinking, but how do we know what we do know? So I think about when my mother-in-law, Linda, talked about using social media to learn about places and DIY projects. In some ways, she was confirming things she knew, and other times, she's learning new things. So there really seems to be no end to what we can know if we get involved with social networking. That leads me to Christine Greenhouse statement that a growing number of scholars and social commenters argue we are witnessing a cognitive surplus. The cognitive surplus idea reminds me of a quote by Yeats that education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire. The cognitive surplus is a fire that isn't going to diminish. I saw that as I talked with each person. They all had different interests, but they all found value in social networking and accepted it as a way of gathering information and knowledge. Another quote I want to pull from my reading this week is this. It would take 31 years for Scottish scientist Alexander Fleming to rediscover penicillin. Yes, you heard that right rediscover. The quote came from Clive Thompson's article, Why Even the Worst Bloggers Are Making Us Smarter. He talked about breakthrough ideas happening simultaneously, and he pointed out that in the story of the penicillin, failed networks killed the idea, and a young 23-year-old Ernest Duquesne's idea didn't get connected with others as it should have. Ironically, Ernest dies at a young age from something that could have been treatable with antibiotics. But he also pointed out that successful networks trigger ideas. It's an amazing time in our world to have an idea and be able to instantly share it with the world and maybe even have a huge impact in the world in just a few days due to having the right social networks in place. One thing that interviewing my family members made me realize is that everyone may have a different idea of what a social network is. And that's important when we think about social networks as learning environments. In my line of work, when working with individuals with limited basic skills, varying digital literacy skills, and even those with advanced education, I need to make sure I am clear about what social networking exists in order to help them access learning opportunities that connect to what's happening in the classroom, but also to connect to other learning environments that may be of interest to them. In basic terms, social networking can be a website or an app that allows you to connect with other people of similar interests. So yes, Ancestry.com and YouTube can be social networks. And as I learned last week, there are degrees of participation in social networks. So maybe it is possible that some of the games my grandmother is playing online do have a social networking and learning component, and she is just not using it. So if educators aren't helping children and adults learn how to navigate and learn through social networking, they are doing their learners a disservice. We need to help them know what they don't know and help them know what they do know as well. So whether you're into making donuts, eating donuts, or taking photos of donuts, Get out there and find your social network. Interact, learn for others, and keep helping to build that surplus of knowledge.